All right, a little bonus Tuesday episode of the Mike Parsons Project. And uh, why am I doing this episode when this uh, show is released Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Well, to be honest, uh, the show is not very good yet, and I need more practice. Um, the purpose of this podcast is is twofold. Uh, first, it's to get me better at hosting um, talk radio by myself, and that's even more prescient at the moment because I will be filling in on the Guy Gordon show um, from 3 to 5 p.m. on March 4th and 5th. I'm sorry, May 4th and 5th. See, told you I need practice. Um, so I need to get comfortable um, behind the microphone by myself. Um, and since, uh, you know, this audience is so small at this point, I feel I can let you in on that um, because it's just uh, it's, it's just me and a, a few of my closest friends, uh, internet listeners. So, um, you know, I did a guy's show on March 24th. Um, it felt good, but I also had a rush of adrenaline. I had uh, a great uh, producer and crew working with me, booking great guests, and I had all day to prepare for it. But I need to get more. I need to get better at this um, naturally, where I don't have to get myself up like I'm playing the Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals to be able to put out a quality product by myself. And the drop off from that show to what I'm doing in the basement here on this podcast without all that adrenaline, uh, I've noticed it's steep in both how it sounds and how I feel doing it. So um, I'm this this show might go five days a week just to get my reps in. It might go four days a week. If I have a good show on Wednesday, I'll skip Thursday. Um, but if uh, Wednesday's show is trash, I'll jump in on, on Thursday just to uh, get myself as much practice possible before I have a um, audience of 100,000 people in half the northern United States. So that's what I'm doing here. Uh, so I, I am I am glad, though, that it's Tuesday, and I'm going to take a break from Donald Trump stuff today because there's no news. There's no news uh, because he is going to be indicted um, have the indictment unsealed, and he's going to be arraigned this afternoon at about 2 o'clock. But you wouldn't know that there's no update because yesterday, on every single cable news channel, there is coverage of Donald Trump leaving Mar-a-Lago and driving to the airport. And then it switches to uh, a whole bunch of cameras pointing up to the sky at LaGuardia, um, zooming in on any plane uh, that's coming in that could be Donald Trump's. And then we watched a, a, a long, slow drive from LaGuardia to Trump Tower, and it was just excessive. I don't know who was actually sitting there watching it, um, you know, c- concerned with, the, with Donald Trump's motorcade driving the speed limit from Mar-a-Lago to the airport and then from LaGuardia back to Trump Tower. But uh, but it was ridiculous, and uh, so I'm burnt out on it. And uh, there's no news anyway. And tonight Trump is going to be doing a speech uh, from Mar-a-Lago after his arraignment. Um, so um, there will be plenty to talk about tomorrow, and I'm sure from now until 2024 and beyond. Um, I have to. I've been in this business for a long time. 
Um, started in college radio 2005, got hired at WJR in 2007. And, and so things really shouldn't shock me anymore. And I don't know why I still let things shock me. But yesterday's announcement that Spike was no longer with the Mojo in the morning show, it did shock me. Because I know that there are no sacred calves here in Detroit radio. Uh, we saw that when, when Drew and Mike was let go, um, ultimately in favor of Dave and Chuck the Freak on the riff. But I, I would have I predicted that the entire Mojo in the Morning show uh, would have gone off the air before um, Spike or Mojo or Shannon or or or, or any of those uh, the the three co-hosts of that show leaving while the show was going on, and uh, I, I got to be honest, I I haven't listened to a whole lot of Mojo in the Morning over the years, but uh, when I do, I they're an example of what a uh, used to be top forty, now it's contemporary hits radio CHR. Uh, for those of us in the business, it's what a CHR morning show should be. It's well produced. Um, you know, they've got uh, bits that may or may not be real, but they're benchmarks that people tune in for. I mean, I remember yesterday uh, I listened to all four segments about Spike on the Mojo podcast, and people were calling in saying, I started listening to the show for the phone scams, and they're not doing the phone scams anymore because it would feel weird uh, to do it without Spike. And, and, and I was listening to, to Mojo and Shannon and everyone else on that show, and uh, I, I felt for both Spike, who lost his job, and I felt for the folks left behind having to pick up the pieces and explain to the listeners what happened to one of the uh, beloved fixtures on the show while still while still not running afoul of corporate. And nobody really knows what happened. It, it, it sounds like it was some kind of a budget cut. And at this point, I wouldn't put any budget cut past any corporate type even if it's uh, someone as as beloved as Spike, who's been on the air for for 23 years with with Mojo in the morning, um, but I, I mean when I, when I think of when I think of um, co-hosts for that uh, for that format, and I don't know if he was a producer. I I feel like he wasn't technically a producer, but he was kind of like the guy in charge, other than Mojo. Um, I think of Spike. I mean, that guy was always. I I did follow him on social media and Instagram, and he's he's always have has some kind of clever promotion that he's doing in conjunction with the station that is sponsored. And uh, they've been around for 23 years, so they have all the benchmarks. They have all the yearly events, and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Detroit Morning Radio is going to have a a hole in it. And if there was, was 15, 20 years ago, I would say that once Spike waited out his non-compete, he probably could go to any radio station in the city and and get a job as soon as he was available to be hired. But uh, the industry has changed. And the sad reality is that, for the most part, radio is not trying anymore. These big companies, these big conglomerates, they're not out there looking for the next spike or they're not looking for the next mojo in the morning show they are looking to minimize their expenses while maximizing their profits and somewhere along the line the people with the spreadsheets realize that uh, you know people don't have to love your radio station 
in order uh, for us to make a profit, which is a real which is a real conflict between uh, the budget people and the programmers. You know, you know, the people on the programming side, they still want, they still see this medium as something that can move people, that can. Um, become a part of people's day-to-day routine and they want people to love their station and they want people to love their personalities. Uh, but the people who are in charge of the, the paychecks, the people who are in charge of the budget say, eh, you know, just throw uh, four more songs on an hour and uh, we can sell 15 minutes worth of spots. So I, I don't know if or where Spike is going to go next. Hopefully he's got some things cooking. Um, if it were me and I had nothing cooking, I would uh, be knocking on Shoe uh, Lane's door saying, hey, let me join that podcast network. Because we've seen it time and time again. A lot of times uh, popular radio personalities will be let go. They'll go the podcast route. Um, they'll kind of fizzle out and it'll go nowhere. But I feel like um, what they got going on over at the Drew and Mike podcast, and I think, I think it's called Red Shovel Red Shovel Network, they seem to know how to produce and promote and make money off podcasts. So, um, you know, if if Spike's got nothing else going on with another radio station, a lot of former radio people, they go to, into to PR or they get some kind of nice job with the company being head of their social media or their promotions. Um, but if he doesn't have any of those irons in the fire – I might give Drew Lane uh, a call if that's the route I wanted to go. Last night's men's uh, NCAA National Championship game between UConn and San Diego State uh, was kind of a yawner. It didn't really have any of the charm that the earlier uh, NCAA rounds had, nor uh, the Final Four of, of, of the women's game. Um, it was UConn a lot, San Diego State not not a whole lot. And I think... As I've said before, what we've learned in this particular tournament is that too many upsets and too many Cinderella's early on in the tournament um, is going to lead to kind of a ho-hum final four and beyond. Uh, and I, I really what what's happening is that the women's game is still creating more buzz than the men's game when it comes to NCAA basketball. Um you know, we had uh, people tuning in for Kate, Caitlin Clark. I don't know if there was a whole lot of people tuning in for any specific player for the male for the men's game, um, and it's been pretty uneventful post uh, post men's championship game. But we all remember um, the whole controversy, and it's all it's all people were talking about the other day uh, with uh, Angel Reese kind of uh, throwing the John Cena uh, taunt that Caitlin Clark did all tournament and we're still getting run out of this game uh, because yesterday we all know the tradition of the national championship for 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 any major uh, a sports league making a visit to the White House so it was assumed that LSU would be invited to the White House to uh, celebrate their national championship and that's still happening they are still invited but first lady Jill Biden kind of stepped in it and and this might have been well-intentioned if not uh naive she kind of stepped in it by suggesting that they should invite both lsu and iowa to the white house 
Now, I, I don't know if it's at the same time, uh, but the fact that you're going to try to invite both teams from the national championship game to the White House, even if one, uh, one lost, uh, it's unprecedented. And her logic was both teams played such a great game, but did they? I mean, Caitlin Clark played a great game for Iowa, but but I don't have the score in front of me. Uh, LSU won by <laughs> quite quite a big margin. So, of course, now um, everyone's upset because this is uh, insulting to LSU. And I agree with them. I, I mean, you know, think back to uh, uh, think back to the the Super Bowl and the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Eagles. The Eagles weren't invited to the to the White House. They're not going to be invited to the White House. Do you know why? Because they lost. And I'm not, you know, I'm not one to to trash the whole everybody gets a a trophy mentality. I think that's a, a lot of uh, a lot of boomer speak and uh for most part who cares? But but I I'm going to speak up on this because there is no reason that the Iowa Hawkeyes women's basketball team um, should be invited to the White House this year. If you want to go to the White House, win the national championship next year, which I, I think is what's being set up. It's going to be Caitlin Clark's revenge tour. She's going to win the national cha- She's going to make a comeback, win the women's national championship, um, her final game as a player, and, and that's going to be kind of the storybook ending. But in the meantime, I would actually hope that Iowa would turn this down. I think it's not fair to LSU, and I know there's a lot of people who've been rubbed the wrong way by LSU with their coach constantly complaining to, to the, uh, the officials and with, uh, with Angel Reese, um, you know, throwing the John Cena thing back at Caitlin Clark, but they won. They won, and, and when you win, to the victors go the spoils. So I would hope that Iowa would say thanks but no thanks on this uh, because – uh, it, it'd be very, very unfair for LSU to make the trip to the White House um, it went, when they didn't win the whole thing. And uh, we got some more breaking news the other day. It turned in, in the no crap Sherlock, trying to keep it clean, because, uh, again, I'm practicing for FCC regulated radio. Uh, in the no crap Sherlock category, uh, it, it came out yesterday that the Chinese balloon that uh, came across Canada, went through Montana, and traversed the entire continental United States before being shot down uh, off the coast of uh, one of the Carolinas, I think, in the Atlantic Ocean. It turns out that that uh, balloon was indeed um, surveilling data from the United States, uh, despite the United States. I wouldn't even call it best efforts, half-hearted efforts to... Uh, block it. If they really wanted to stop stop the uh, balloon from gathering data, they probably would have shot it down over Montana, the Yukon Territory of the United States. And I believe their logic for not shooting it down was, well, we didn't want it to crash on anyone and hurt themselves, which would have made sense if it was flying over Dallas or New York or Chicago or even Des Moines or Poughkeepsie. But it was over Montana. Yeah, it would be sad if like a uh, if like a cow in a pasture got hit with this thing. And I'm sure Peter's not going to be happy with me saying it, but 
if you're going to shoot down anything over anywhere, Montana's the perfect location because literally nobody lives there. It's called Big Sky Country, but uh, there's also a lot of empty land there as well.